Hello and welcome to another episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Jamie Hampton and joining me today is Christy Cambron, who is an author, speaker, and creator of the Verse Mapping Method of Bible Study, which I am really excited to talk to her about today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Christy. Hey, Jamie. Thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to it. Well, before we get into the good stuff, we like to ask all of our guests what your favorite prayer closet is. Where do you like to go to feel close to God? I love to feel close to God out in nature. And this is hilarious because I am not an outdoorsy girl, like not even a little bit, but God really met our family, believe it or not, on a research trip to Ireland. And so we had this nine day research trip for one of my novels. We took our two older sons and we rented a car and we drove from coast to coast and we had no agenda, no plan. Just, we knew where we were going to lay our head on the pillow at night. And we were just out in this landscape that was, as you can imagine, cliffs and sea and sky and mountains. And it was as if God just spoke to my heart and I met him in that place. And it was as surprising for me as anybody, because like I said, we are not outdoorsy people. And in the years that has followed that, we've actually started hiking. And as a family, we get out much more than we used to. And we find that 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 peace and that quiet really has helped us not just to connect to God one-on-one, but for our whole family to do that together. So I would say outdoors. That's great. I love it. <laughs> Ireland is on my bucket list. I have Irish heritage. My, my maiden name is actually Ireland. And I just have always wanted to go and just see it. It looks like beautiful landscape and yeah. No, I, I'm a little I, biased. I'm a little biased, but I would say do it. <laughs> like if you can go, go, the people are warm and welcoming. The culture is incredible. Um, we love to travel for food. I don't know how many of your audience members, like they're all foodies. We love to travel for the food. So like amazing food. I mean, it's just the experience of a lifetime. So if you can go for sure, when we can travel again, make sure you go. That's great. What was the favorite thing? What was your favorite thing that you ate while in Ireland? I'm going to be so cliche when I say this, but I love the Irish stew. (laughs) So so we would, we drove around like the ring of Kerry and we would just pop in like to these bakeries or, you know, just like they have family pubs everywhere where you just drop in and you just get the food. And we wanted the full Irish experience. So we pretty much just ordered whatever, like whatever your special is today, that's what we want to eat. And we just ate that. And so, yeah, it was pretty much just whatever the special was, but we tried to go into these like little hole in the wall places, you know, like the places that are kind of tucked away um, yeah. and looked like they had been there for generations and they really knew what they were doing with making amazing Irish food. Um, so yeah, it was, it was quite fun. Like Ireland through the back door. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Yeah. If, if Rick Steves ever retires and they're looking for someone to take up the gauntlet of traveling everywhere and um, I will do that. I, I will be the person. <laughs> that's great. Well, so the fact that you're a novelist, it, you, that's something you have in common with my co-host Alana. She's a Christian suspense author and she also does nonfiction. Um, which came first for you, um, fiction or nonfiction and Bible study? For sure. It was fiction. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, when I was a young girl, I wanted to actually be a Disney animator, which is hilarious because I can't paint. I can't draw. I can't, you know, sculpt <laughs> So, being a child of the eighties and nineties, you know, that was before we had all the computer aided design and all of the CGI and all the stuff you can do now. So I just figured, okay, that dream is dead. You know, I love art. I love stories. And that dream is just not going to happen for me. So by the time I got to college, 
I fell in love with art history and believe it or not, research writing and had no idea, no idea that God was going to call me to be a Christian fiction author. I just knew that I loved Jesus and I loved that space where art and history and faith intersect. And so I was going to college and I worked in corporate America. And then years after that, the Lord just called me out of corporate America, a career that I'd had for 15 years. And he said, I want you to tell the stories that I want you to tell. And so I started writing fiction and it's hilarious to me because if there are any aspiring authors that are out there listening, I'm sure you have some, we, we are praying Christian women too. You know? mm -hmm. And, and just, if you're on that road, just listen to what the Lord has put on your heart and just walk in the direction of that. I mean, I'm as surprised as anybody that he called a gal from small town, Southern Indiana, who got B's in English, like called me out and said, I want you to start writing what I want you to write. So yeah, fiction for sure came first. And I love it. It's my heart and I'm still writing fiction today. So how did you get there to where you started um, kind of moving in the direction of also doing nonfiction and, and developing scripture methods of study? Yeah, there are a number of roads that really kind of intersected at the same point for our family. So I had been in corporate America for a number of years and I was uh, on my first contract. So we had just received a yes after a couple of years of rejections. We got our first yes um, from Thomas Nelson, my publishing family for fiction. And on the same day that we got a yes, an hour later, I got a call from my dad and he said, this could be bad. I may have leukemia. And so our family was on this all of a sudden, this five-month journey of I'm editing my first novel at the local cancer center while he's undergoing his chemo infusions. And mm. after five months, we had this gentle goodbye for now. So he is with the Lord. But at that time, and it was like a three to four-year process that kind of wrapped around that, um, that really pivotal time for our family. But my husband and I were praying during those three to four years because I, I've listened to your podcast before and I have heard other guests say things like, well, it was a nudge or, you know, I, I felt the Lord kind of, there was this flame on my heart. And, and for me, it felt like his thumb. It felt like a, the pressure point was kind of resting on my heart, mm -hmm. a little bit more pressure, a little bit more pressure, just a little bit more. And I knew God was calling me to go to step out, to walk away from my corporate career, but we did not know what that meant. We did not know. We just knew ministry was on our hearts, but we didn't know what that looked like. And so after my dad passed away and I could not resist God anymore, if y'all have ever felt that, I, I just couldn't not respond to him anymore. And I came home from work one day and my husband and I, we stood in the kitchen and um, I just uh, like baby cried all over his shoulder and just said, I can't do this anymore. I can't not respond to God. And he's, uh, as his, his way, he was very patient. He was very quiet. He listened. And then he said, well, I trust God and I believe in you. Let's do it. You can quit. And I went in the next day and I gave my two weeks notice. And so that sounds like, wow, okay. You had it all figured out and everything worked for you. <laughs> I mean, we're laughing, right? Because it's like, that is the start of a journey that is not the success point or the, the high point or the mountaintop for us. And the reason why I mentioned how my dad met Jesus or how he went to see Jesus face to face, because that's what took us to verse mapping. That's what took me and my heart to verse mapping. And you all can't see what I'm holding up, but I'm holding up my dad's Bible. Um, when he passed away, we had three Bibles. And, and that's important because he was saved and baptized at 60 years old. 
And he had two years with Jesus before he went to go see him face to face. And so these Bibles that we had, the first one, we, we kind of laugh about it as a family because my mom bought it for him when they were dating in the seventies and it's a burgundy, you know, cover and it's got the gold pages and his name on the front and everything. But that Bible wasn't really used very much in all of the years. And then these other two Bibles, my mom said, which one do you want? And I said, well, I'll take that one. That's a Nelson study Bible. That's my publishing family. And so in that Bible though, there are, there's like a breadcrumb trail of the last two years that my dad had with Jesus. And so there are highlighter marks just all over this Bible. And to this day, I won't, seven years later, I won't touch it with a highlighter because I want to have that record of my dad's time with Jesus. And so I had this Bible, right? I lead corporate America. Um, friends, this is not financial advice, but we uh, cashed out my 401k. <laughs> like we, we said, we're, we're doing this. We're whatever this ministry uh, call on our hearts is, we're going after this. So I have this Bible. And the day after I leave corporate America, I went in my closet, got my suits out and I gave them away at a donation center. We said, like, we're not going back. And then the day after that, I contacted church and I said, I want to do the one thing that I've never had time to do with being a busy mom of three and uh, all the corporate work and everything. I want to join women's Bible study. I want to have community around my faith. And so I walked into Bible study and I had this Bible and I realized two things hit me really fast. And this is where the Lord brought verse mapping into our story. But what hit me was firstly, I did not understand the Bible. I mean, I, I understand some, you know, you can find a verse on Facebook or, you know, this, uh, Instagram, something to inspire you. I could understand some of the stories from Sunday school. I didn't really understand the Bible. And secondly, I wasn't choosing the Bible over other things. The Bible's supposed to be my oxygen. It's supposed to be living and breathing. And my field manual for living on this earth, it was not any of those things to me. And so I had this prayer, God, with this Bible, I want this Bible to be well-traveled. And I didn't mean I want speaking engagements and I want to uh, go have book signings. I meant well-traveled in me. And I mm -hmm. didn't know how that was going to happen, but that's how verse mapping came up. It was only ever to just have time with Jesus and to answer and to write those two questions that I had. That is great. I just, I love that catalyst and how you, you know, just got to the point of, I just, I want scripture to be front and center. And yeah, yeah I think that's really important. And I think it's also a good point that, I mean, so many times we have this idea of, I know what I'm going through recently is I, I feel like I've been coasting on my previous knowledge of scripture mm -hmm. and I, I do read the Bible and I do pray along with the Bible, but lately in particular, the busyness and the, you know, recording episodes, reading people's books and making up interview questions and things like that. Those types of things have far overshadowed my time just sitting with God. And I know that I'm out of balance. And I think that's the Holy Spirit kind of nudging us in that direction too. Um, but I think we need to always, you know, we, we need to always kind of be examining how much do we perceive that we're in the word versus how much are we really actually sitting down with God and allowing him to speak to us through scripture. So my question for you is what, what are the dangers about growing lukewarm about scripture or kind of doing what I've been doing and, and coasting on what you've learned in the past? Um, and what would you say to someone that says, well, I know what the Bible says. I don't need to just keep studying the same thing over and over again, because I've heard that as well. Yeah, I think it has so much more to do with understanding, not just what the Bible says, but what does Jesus say 
in our lives. And I, I'll tell you, I'll be the first one to say, I was right there for 15 years in corporate America. I met Jesus at 16 years old, right? Saved, baptized, and met him in youth camp and had amazing worship experiences that I can remember time with Jesus as a young Christian. And then schedule comes along, college comes along, marriage, a couple of kids, and just packing our schedule. And I coasted for 15 years. And the reason why I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I was coasting was because it was exactly what you just described. And further, the enemy largely left us alone for 15 years. And Ooh, I was, that's, I know, that's powerful, right? <laughs> right? So my friends in, in corporate America, my work family, like they knew I was the, maybe the Bible girl on the team. You know, I have a Bible on my desk. I, you know, I love the Jesus calling books. I've had those. I even listened to preaching, you know, in my cubicle and I would sit there. Um, I would pray at lunch. Sometimes they would say, Christy, will you bless the food? And I thought, who am I, who am I to even be blessing the food, but okay, let's pray over our food. So it was almost, a, it was almost a thing. Well, she's, this is part of who she is. She's, mm -hmm. she's the Jesus girl on the team. But I would say if you really would even just scratch beneath the surface of my faith, there was not a lot of substance there. There was not a lot of growth there. And I'm not talking about just memorizing scripture, or knowing those stories inside and out. This is about not just what the Bible says, but what does Jesus say? Who is Jesus in my life? Is this Sunday school stories and religion or is this a true relationship? with him because there is a stark difference. And I don't care if you're 16 or you're 86, you can still bump up against this barrier. And I've definitely been there. So if the question is, well, okay, I'm coasting. What do I do about that? I mean, for me and verse mapping and, and this almost like this kind of aha moment, you know, I, I, I know that we can have those. It was so much more about, I just craved authentic time with Jesus. And I'm talking without the barriers, without the, I walk into Bible study and, oh no, I didn't have time to sit down for an hour every day and fill out my form and, you know, do my homework this week. And I'm just going to keep my book closed because I don't want anyone to know that I didn't have time to finish the homework. Right. Or I don't want anyone to know we're talking about a part of scripture that I don't really understand. So I'll just kind of be quiet and I'll let the other ladies talk. I mean, it, it, has anyone ever felt that before where you don't have time, where you don't have, you don't feel like you have the confidence in scripture. I had all of those things and I still do in many ways. And so for me, it just became start small. That's what I always tell women when they're asking me, okay, well, what is this first mapping thing? And, and, and how did it change your life in scripture? The first thing that I will say is I don't like rules. I don't like rules because for better or worse, I'm a rule follower. You give me a list of rules. I will follow every single one. And it is so boring and tiring to have to follow all the rules. And so I didn't, so I thought if I'm going to do this, I don't want a lot of rules. I don't want to teach myself. I'm not the teacher here. I want God to be my teacher. I want the Holy Spirit to lead me and to teach me and to show me what he wants me to know in scripture. So it's, don't be afraid to start small. Don't be afraid to say, Lord, I've got five minutes. I've got five minutes today. And that, that may sound bad. That may sound like, wow, you're a Christian and you give God five minutes. If you've authentically got five minutes before your kids wake up in the morning, give them those five minutes. Give, give them those five minutes and you will find that time grow. And you will find instead of, coasting through our faith, it, almost like skimming a book. You mentioned reading books, almost like skimming the chapter headings of a, no, this is giving Jesus that time and just craving time with him. Um, so that for me, that's what really helped me to understand, uh-oh, I'm coasting and how do I get out of the coast? Well, and isn't that just like, I would say it's, it's the enemy trying to just use guilt and yeah. shame to 
put a block between us and God. Well, you know, I'm guilty because I didn't have time to do the study or I only have five minutes. What kind of Christian am I? I'm going to wait till I have a big chunk of time or God wouldn't want me to come, you know, come here at this time, knowing that I only have this amount of time. So, you know, I probably just shouldn't do it at all. And I think just giving him that little bit of time. And that's the same with prayer. You know, if you just have a little tiny piece of time, it is amazing how God just amplifies it. And, and five minutes of scripture reading or prayer or both can just be life-changing and it could change the whole course of your day. So I think that is really important. Um, I really love how you're passionate, not only about reading scripture, but understanding the context and why we need to, you know, can you answer that? Why do you think it's so important that we understand the historical and cultural context of scripture when we're reading it? I'm asked often, how do you write fiction and nonfiction? Because they seem so different. They, they seem so far apart, right? Actually, for me, they are so tightly woven together. And it, it all has to go back with what you just asked me, the context. So very often we can look at a story and what, what we're hardwired to do is look at a story through the lens of right now, mm-hmm. today. I'm looking at the, I'm looking at whatever this story is, the story in scripture or this novel that I'm reading, I'm seeing it through my lens of 2021. And what, why that's dangerous is because I'm going to see it from only my perspective, only my experiences, only my skills and my gifts and my talents and my spiritual gifting. I'm only going to see it from that limited perspective to get a godly perspective on the story of scripture. We have to take that outside of ourselves. And the only way that we can do that is to understand it in the full context with which it was written. Same thing with a novel. I very often write about the Holocaust or World War II. And so my next novel coming out, The Paris Dressmaker, it is set in Paris during World War II, during the Nazi occupation. Well, if I look at what happened in Paris in World War II through a 2021 lens, I'm not getting a full view of history as it was. And so that's why I, you said I'm passionate. I actually am passionate about this topic to make sure that if we're researching scripture, which is nonfiction, which is true stories, or if I'm researching for fiction to make sure that it is as airtight, historically accurate as possible. And I do have a lot of women who they will say, okay, Christy, I'm not really into history. (laughs) I actually had a really great podcast conversation this week. Uh, and we were chatting and, and we said, someone said, okay, well, I'm not really into history. And but they said, but you say that word vintage. And, and it's like, yes, if I mention, oh, the woman was wearing a vintage Chanel and people are like, oh, tell me more. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like history, sounds, but oh, tell me more. Sounds way more romantic. <laughs> and it does. And so for women who maybe research isn't your thing, hey, it is my thing. But if, if research isn't your thing, or it seems daunting to say, I don't know where to start, we very often will take context and you can align this with everyone. Think of your favorite movie. What's your favorite movie? Does it have really compelling characters, a really interesting storyline, beautiful cinematography, gorgeous soundtrack, or all of those things? You know, I can think of my favorite movie, Pride and Prejudice 2005 version, and it has all of those things. But what really draws me into the story? It's, it's all of those things, right? That's what verse mapping does with scripture. It's actually taking a story and having you step into it, having you step into the story to understand, okay, for example, in the book of Acts, what would it have been like if I was transported to a first century Roman ruled world 
were the first believers, the early church in the book of Acts. And I'm a woman and I'm plunked down in the middle of that. What would it have looked like, sounded like, smelled like, tasted like to have lived in that world? And that puts a whole new perspective on it because again, it takes me outside of myself. It takes me outside of my lens and it gives me a correct lens to view history as it was. And, and that just opens up the story of scripture in so many ways for us to be able to understand it. That is great. Well, can you tell us about the verse mapping process? What does that look like and how do we do it? Yeah. in verse mapping. So it's really interesting. I, I mentioned when I started in that Bible study, right. I had those two questions, didn't understand scripture, wasn't choosing scripture. And I have a friend who worked in corporate America with me. I'm not sure if I mentioned it, but I was a corporate trainer. So I wrote curriculum for 15 years and taught training classes and orientation things, stuff like that. And so my friend said, well, she's a, a believer as well. And she said, well, you should try verse mapping. I said, what is verse mapping? I've never heard of that. And so I did what we all do. I Googled it and I'm I went to art school. I'm very visual. And so I'm looking at all this Bible journaling and spider maps and, you know, all of these ways that you can do inductive study. And I'm like, well, that's great, but that's not how I study. That's not how I connect to God. And I wanted something that was as unique as we are to God in Psalm 139. If you've never read it, don't do it while you're driving. If you're driving right now, please keep your eyes on the road. But if you get an opportunity later, go read Psalm 139, because it really is a love letter from God to you, to each one of us. And if we are so uniquely fashioned and wonderfully made, and we have a unique way that God has fashioned us, but also connects with us, how could we expect that we will study scripture in the same way? It has to be unique to our individual walk with Jesus. And that's what I wanted. So I went back and kind of leaned on the curriculum design principles, super dry stuff for those of you who are not curriculum designers. So, but I went back and I wanted to make sure, okay, I want scripture to come alive. I want to find the teaching content in each verse by verse by verse. And for me to just lean on those curriculum design principles, how we would write teaching content, it just came from there. So there are five easy steps. It literally is you take the verse that you want to research. And that could be anything. It could be, you go through a book of the Bible. I started with the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit was like, okay, start in the book of Acts and keep going until I tell you to stop. And that's what I did. I started in Acts. So you can go through a whole book or you can get thematic. You know, if you are, if you're in 2021 and you're like, I need some hope or I am struggling some areas of my faith or I have some relationships that need some help. Any one of those things can be a verse that you select. So select your verse and write it down. That's step one. Step two is to look at the design of this verse. And so you are going to look at that verse across multiple translations, whatever your favorite translations are, or look at the paraphrase of the message. Um, I happen to like the NIV. We have the NIV verse mapping Bibles that come out on January 26th. So it's the NIV or the New King James, whatever versions work for you. And I'm a wordy girl, Jamie. So, <laughs> so you're, you're going to notice these things. You're going to notice words and phrases that are used that are repeated, or you're going to notice in one translation, something is in the past tense, but in other translations, it's in the present tense, denoting something that's ongoing. You know, you're going to notice these things. Start to pick out the patterns that you see. And then the third step is, okay, what fully develops this verse? And, and I don't want anyone to get scared when you hear this, because it really is easy easier than it sounds, but you take those words and phrases and we do word studies in the original Hebrew for the Old Testament or Greek for the New Testament. And I usually pause here because this is where I got really scared. This is where I thought, 
who am I? How am I equipped to look something up in Hebrew or in Greek? But friends, we do have so many awesome opportunities with technology right now, where we have the Olive Tree app or the Blue Letter Bible or the Logos Bible, or we have Bible Gateway. We have all of these opportunities to have a concordance that is right there on our phone, on our smart device. And so don't be intimidated. I mean, I only say that because I was, <laughs> but this, the first three steps, get your verse, write it down in multiple translations, and then do your word studies in the Hebrew and the Greek to get that context. The fourth step, if you can pick a favorite child, <laughs> this is my favorite step out of all of them. This is the actions. This is where you jot down. This is where we talked about what really makes the story come to life. This is where you, de you develop that story. So you look at the context of what is happening in this verse, what's happening off stage as well. So in the verses before and after this one, what are, what's happening in the context of this chapter and this book of the Bible, what is it really saying? And you jot all that down. And this can be getting your five senses involved. Again, when I mentioned, what does it look like or smell like, or sound like to have lived in the world, the context of this verse. And then the fifth step, this is your outcome step. So this is where you should be able to take a post-it note. And you should be able to jot down one to two lines. This is what I learned. This is how I'm going to put it into action in my life. And those are the five steps. Just I took you through that. it. <laughs> I love that. That is great. And so I, I love words and the word studies and I have my big old, like, uh, what is it, the Hebrew Greek lexicon, you know, my big thick yep. in paper version. I do a lot online too, but I love having it open to be able to look at it because I feel like it, it makes it, it, like you said, it sounds intimidating for someone who's never seeing the resources that are available, but doing those word studies and like seeing what the words literally meant and how they were translated. And I mean, and you can go as shallow or as deep as you want. If you are a study person, if you love digging, you can take it quite far in studying all the different places that word was used so that you can kind of get a better picture of in that verse, what other meanings might've been in different places in the Bible. Um, but even for those who don't, it's, it's so much more simple than you think. And it really has, I don't know, every time I use that book or study the original Greek or Hebrew, I feel like that, that just opens my eyes even more to, to a scripture that I thought I understood, but it just gives it like one more level. And it was very important for us with the verse mapping Bibles to try to knock down some of those barriers. So one of the things that we did, we have 350 maps that are throughout all 66 books of the Bible. But one of the things that we did is we completed the first three steps for you. I was and just going to ask you that how, yes. far, how far you went to, to putting these resources in front of people without them having to dig themselves. Yes. So yeah. we want you to learn how to dig yourself. I mean, that, that is going to be the journey of a lifetime, really of walking with the Lord. So you, we have blank maps in the Bibles for that purpose, but we also, if you're like me and you're like, Hey, I need a little bit of help. I want to make sure what I'm looking up in the Hebrew and the Greek, that it's correct. And that I'm starting to develop these these tools to know how to research and research. Well, we made sure that our team has done the theological review. So you are solid. We are airtight there. But then also another barrier is if we do have someone who maybe they don't know how to research on their own, or they want to lean on family members or sisters, you know, I want to get together with my study group. We wanted to make sure that this, these Bibles were made for studying with other people. So we have adult versions and versions for girls with the hopes that family members would map 
together. And they both have all the same maps throughout the body of the Bible so that families can research and develop this understanding of how do I research scripture and do it together. That is great. I love that. How do they come? Is it book by book or is it one full Bible? Oh, good. Yeah. So I'm actually, I know listeners, you, you can go to versemapping.com. You want to see the Bibles. I'm actually holding them up super excited because we just got these um, in the mail. So, so we actually have maps that are right here in the body of the Bible. So so the same, yeah, the same kind of thing that I talked about with my dad's Bible and this legacy that I have left behind from my dad, this is tracking your entire journey through the whole Bible. So we have these maps throughout all 66 books of the Bible. And what I'm, what I'm holding up right now, this is one of the the covers for the adults, but we also have, uh, we have seven total editions, five editions for adults and two editions for girls. That's great. I love it. Um, how would you say that studying and understanding God's word better? How has that enriched your prayer life? Do you feel like understanding scripture better helps you pray better? Well, I think one of the things that it has done, not just with my prayer life, but with my entire walk with the Lord is that it, it has, it has enriched the ability to know what he says about things. And and here's what I mean by that. Uh, I have a story that I had this friend and we knew each other in junior high and she contacted me a few years back. And it's the funniest thing because I just love when God has an appointment on your calendar and you, you don't expect it, mm-hmm. <laughs> but authors, we keep very strange hours. So I just happened to be up writing in the middle of the night and a message pinged in from her. And we hadn't spoken in a number of years, but she said, I'm on a plane right now. I'm flying home. I just learned that my dad passed away. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And I know you have walked through this. Something told me to reach out to you. Hmm. So I'm reaching out to you. What do I do? And for me, I had this gut instinct to wait, pause, don't answer her yet. And I went back to one of my verse mapping journals and and I thought, okay, what was the initial response that I had when I realized I am without my earthly dad? Like what, what was my response? And I just remember feeling broken though. I, though God was faithful, God is good though. He was there with us. I just remember feeling broken at that time. And so I did not want her to hear from Christy Cambron about brokenness. I wanted her to hear from God. And so she's coming to me, not for me to tell her, she's coming to me to have God tell her through me. And so I, I wanted to make sure, okay, I verse mapped brokenness. I know it's here somewhere. And so I'm like, you know, tossing journals out of the way, where is this? Where is that? And so I wanted to go back. And just for me, that enriched the ability to respond in life. And and we talk about our testimony, right? That's, that's, that's what podcasts are in very many ways. We're talking, we're giving evidence for the faithfulness of God in our lives. That's, that's what this is. That's what this conversation is. Anytime we share our testimony, we are handing over evidence that God is good, that he's true, that he keeps his promises, that he's faithful. And so that for me, yes, it has enriched my prayer life and just talking to him throughout the day, but it has also enriched my ability to hear from him directly from him on things that impact my life and the lives of those around me. So it, it has had a far reaching impact much further than I thought that it would by just researching scripture. Well, that's such a good point because our prayer lives don't just involve us and the way that we talk to God. 
it really, you know, I mean, we're, we're outward facing people. God wants us not to hoard our prayers to ourselves, but to extend grace and God's light and his love to people around us. And I think a big part of that is listening to God through his word about how to help others or how to pray for others. You know, I think that's something that I lose a lot. I do a lot of talking. I like to talk to God, but I don't do enough listening. And especially in some of these really sensitive situations where if you're known, you know, like you said, you were kind of known as the God girl, you know, you were known as the one that you had a faith and people looked to you for guiding them spiritually in different circumstances. And so when you are a person of prayer, when you are a person that loves Jesus, sometimes people do come to you. And when that happens, it's dangerous to always just proceed on your own wisdom. So that's really, there's no other place, no better place to gain wisdom from God than to go straight to scripture. That is so neat. And the fact that you can do that and say, I mapped this verse, I already did, or I mapped this word. And I can just go back and reference that. That's powerful. That's really powerful. I think so, yeah. I think sometimes it's doing the hard work. It's owning our faith in God. And again, in those spaces that I didn't do that before. And so now when people will ask me, well, Christy, what do you think about this aspect of scripture? Or what do you think about this in theology? You know, I will tell them if I am sure this is what God said, I, w- I will say, oh, I've already mapped that. I know exactly what God says. And let me show you here it is. Or in a situation where I can say, well, all right, I know what my grandparents told me. I know what I was told in Sunday school about that topic when I was young, but let's pause. Let's both step away and I'm going to, I'm going to verse map this and let's do some research and then let's make a plan. You and I, whomever's asking me the question, let's make a plan to sit down together, you know, a week from now. And then we're going to talk through this and I'm going to tell you what I have discovered, what God said about that topic. So I hope I never say, and I don't like to use the word never, but I hope I never say, this is what I think about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to instead say, this is what God says about it. And we can know because it's right here. in scripture. It seems like it would be a really great practice to have under your belt when you have kids that are coming to you for advice or questions about things. Um, I know my kids are all very, you know, they, they have already outthought me in terms of coming up with hard questions about scripture. And, you know, mm-hmm. obviously we need to say at some point, well, we just don't know the answers to these, but let's look and see what the Bible says about it so we can discover and teaching them and having them, you know, come alongside you while you model verse mapping for them. Or, you know, in the case of some of your books for girls, you know, maybe right beside you doing the same kind of thing and maybe coming up with different, different conclusions. I think that's, that could be a really great discipleship tool. It has been for our family. And yeah, the same thing, my, we have three boys. So my boys know mom loves stories, (laughs) but it's, it's the same thing that I talked about when I was a kid and I wanted to be that Disney animator. I remember my mom taking me and my sister to the library every week in the summer when we were young. And I remember sitting on the floor of the library and thumbing through art books and history books. And I remember how the Lord was chasing me down through, I didn't even know it was him, but he was meeting me through story. And that is something that I'm so passionate about that, that these Bibles that we have, they're not meant to gather dust. They're not meant to be just a disciplinary tool. They're not meant to be something that we only run to when we're next to an ICU hospital bed. And I know friends, because I was there, I've actually been in that 
situation before. This is meant to be something that is so much more to make the story of who God is come alive. And I'm so, so excited that we now have the opportunity, hopefully, <laughs> to do that with these Bibles. That is great. Do you have any examples that come to your mind just off the top of your head of scriptures that you thought that you knew, but once you dug into the background or the context, you sort of saw them in a different light? You know, one of my favorites is Acts chapter 12. And if you turn to Acts chapter 12, you can see that this is where Peter is in prison. And this is where the angel of the Lord actually comes and the angel frees him from prison. Now, I will tell you most of the time when I'm verse mapping, it is something that I'm curious that I don't know, right? So like there may be something that is a plot on a map or a city, or I remember when I was first reading the book of Acts and I came across something called Solomon's portico and I had never heard that before. And I thought, what in the world is Solomon's portico? Okay, guess I'm mapping that today. And I had no idea that that was actually part of the temple. And then all of a sudden I'm looking at temple maps. And then all of a sudden I'm going down these rabbit trails of, wow, I'm learning so much similar to what was happening in Acts chapter 12. And when you really start to pull apart a verse and pick apart a story and look at it from the perspective of the storyteller, it comes alive in a new way. So when you think about Peter being in prison, I remember researching, okay, what was a Roman prison like? Has anyone ever thought of that before? Like, was this a cakewalk or was Roman prison like a really tough thing? And then you start to kind of peel back the layers and you start to learn, oh, wow. When I think of prison, I think of a long jail stay. I mean, that, that's kind of what you think of when you think of it in the United States, but that was not the same way that prison was in Roman times. You actually did not have prolonged stays in prison typically. Now we have Paul who was under house arrest in Rome, but that was not a typical case. Usually you're in prison and then you're executed the next day. And so I thought, well, wait a minute, if Peter is probably going to be executed the next day, how is he sleeping. And then when I'm researching further, that word for Peter sleeping there in prison, in the Greek, it actually means it's likened to the sleep of the dead. He was sleeping so soundly that it's like the sleep of the dead. And then I start to think, well, wait a minute, if I'm going to be executed the next day, I'm probably going to be pacing all night. I'm not going to be sleeping. So, so, so you start to peel back these layers and say, how could this even happen? How could Peter be so much at peace. And over here, you have the church who's praying him through the night. And then the angel comes and he actually has to like whack him on the head to get him out of this deep sleep that he's in so that he can free him from prison. All of this comes from just one question in one verse. And you start to understand the full context of, well, when I was a kid and I heard that in Sunday school, it was like, wow, this is awesome. An angel came and the chains came off and Peter was freed. All right. But there's so much more to it that you discover when you just start to peel back those layers of scripture. That is amazing. And yeah, it definitely does because we do, we just bring these, these um, perceptions and perspectives of, of our, our day to day and assume that that translates to back then. And, and when, when we remove that, um, I don't know, it's kind of a barrier, then, then it really does open up so much. That is great. I think understanding the old Testament in relation to the New Testament sort of does that also. Like if we've grown up mostly reading New Testament stories and kind of discounting the Old Testament as just, you know, old stuff. I think it does the same kind of thing when we when we look at the 
Old Testament context of New Testament scriptures and doing that same cross-referencing of, well, where was this spoken of in the Old Testament and what was that context? So I'm excited about your Bibles. I'm excited about um, about these coming out. And when this airs, they will be available. It'll be after your release date. So for those listening, you can get them now. So can you tell us <laughs> where they can find verse mapping Bibles? Absolutely. We wanted to make it super simple to get started with verse mapping, to get linked with the tools and resources that you need and to get community around your verse mapping journey. And you can do all of those things at versemapping.com. You can also find us on social media. Just look up verse mapping on Facebook or on Instagram, and it'll be really easy for you to then get connected in because now that these Bibles are available as you're listening, we would love for you to join our Facebook group because we are mapping the Bible in 2021. So we, as a group are going through the entire Bible together. And I am right there with you. Oh, that's exciting. All right. <laughs> that's wonderful. And what about your fiction? If anyone is a fiction reader, where can we find that? Yeah, hopefully by the time that you listen to this, my next novel may be out. It's called The Paris Dressmaker. And you can find out more about that at christycambrin.com and my other novels that I have as well. All right, Christy. Well, thank you so much for sharing today. I loved this conversation. I can't wait for um, just to, to be able to dive in to this Bible and, and see, see what happens. And for those of you that don't, aren't able to get the Bibles right away, those five steps, we'll put those in our show notes so that you can kind of have an idea of how you can jump into it yourself in the meantime. Absolutely. And versemapping.com, you can download a verse map template. So if you need that, Hey, it's free and uh, we give it to anyone who asks for it. All right. Well then, yeah, definitely go there. That will be more, more comprehensive <laughs> <laughs> for sure. All right. Well, how can we pray for you today? The same prayer that I have had in 2020 is what I'm feeling on my heart in 2021. When friends, loving friends say, how can I pray for you? I used to give them a laundry list of I've got this going on and this with my kid. And, you know, this is on my heart. Not, not so uh, for 2020 and 2021, I am just asking for prayer that God would help me to obey whatever he asks me to do, wherever he tells me to go, please help me obey one word. It's a one word prayer. It's a simple one word prayer, but wow, what a doozy <laughs> it is, <laughs> right? It covers a lot. And, but you know, yeah. what? I mean, I, if, if ever there was something that was right within God's will, that's it. So yeah, absolutely. all right, Christy. Well, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you. God, we just thank you for this time to focus on your word. And, and I just really look forward to peeling back the layers and, and digging in deep to scripture with these great resources that Christy has, um, has designed. God, we just lift her up to you today and pray that prayer, that one word, obedience. We just pray that you would give her the courage to follow through with things that she knows you're calling her to, that you would open her eyes and her ears so that she doesn't miss any callings or any instructions from you. And we just pray that when she comes across hurdles, which we know in this world, we're going to have trouble. And when they come, that you would um, equip her with everything she needs to scale those walls and do the things and just run that race with perseverance that she needs to run. And we know that you'll do it, God. We thank you for that. We just thank you for the vision that you've given her, that passion for scripture and for opening scripture up to so many people. We pray that these Bibles, that each, each, each set of hands that, that get their hands on these Bibles would just 
unlock, uh, that you would just unlock a relationship with you and a love for your word that wasn't there before God, that they would just, you would just deepen, um, the relationships of, of each person that uses these Bibles with you and that they would just grow, grow in their faith. And we pray for salvations. We pray that, that people would get these Bibles that, that may not have been saved and would experience your love, would experience just the, the profound truth of scripture and would meet Jesus for the first time. God, we just put all of this in your hands. I just pray your blessing over Christy and her family and, and just ask that you would just make 2021 an amazing year for her and for her ministry and her work. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.